Hey, hey there, business owner. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is our weekly episode, and I'm so happy you are here. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is the go-to business podcast to support you on your evolution to build and scale your business to 10 million and beyond so you can live the life you originally dreamed of when you first set out on your journey of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Annette Walter. I'm a business coach, operations expert, and the owner of two multi-million dollar companies. You will walk away from this podcast feeling inspired with solid gold nuggets of advice that can be easily implemented into your business. Real talk, real growth, real business. Today, I am joined by Dave Cummings, founder of Cummings & Co. Realtors. He single-handedly founded the company in 2006 and has held every position since its inception, including broker, accountant, agent, contract review, and cleaning crew. Dave has grown the agent base to the hundreds and opened 10 locations in the Maryland region. In this podcast, you will hear about his growth over the past 15 years and his dedication to his agents and their clients and the community. Here's a fun fact. Dave was my first ever client at iEvolve Consulting. I'm so proud of his growth and how he has truly disrupted the traditional real estate brokerage model. I know you will enjoy this episode. Before we get started, I want to remind you to connect with me directly to schedule your 2021 empowerment call. This is a free call for you to show up, vent, process, and brain dump about where you're stuck or swirling in your business. I really encourage you to carve out some time for you and your business. More details about Dave, booking a call with me directly are in the show notes below. Thanks for being here, entrepreneur. Keep evolving. I am so proud of you. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, Dave. Hi, Annette. How are you today? Good. I'm really excited that you're here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It looks like a nice day out there. Yeah, it is nice. So we are joined today by Dave Cummings. He is the founder of Cummings & Co. Realtors. And most recently, huge news that dropped what? Yesterday? Over the weekend. Top places to work in Baltimore, Baltimore Sun? Yes, yes. Number one in the large size business category. So definitely a nice honor for sure. Huge. That has got to feel amazing. You have such amazing people. You have a wonderful market share. And I want to catch everyone up to speed from the beginning days and really where you started out because it's such a great story. And I know that everyone listening to our podcast, they are entrepreneurs like you, like me, that are out there making it happen. And I know they're going to learn so much from you today, Dave. So thanks for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm going to take you back to a moment. Um, This was probably, oh my gosh, I don't even know. You and I were at a closing together and you hadn't started the company yet. And I, it was back in my mortgage banking days. And gosh, I'm trying to think about what year that might've been, maybe 05, okay? And I remember we were catching up because we go back, you know, we go back to the high school days. We know each other well. And you, you said at the table, you said, I'm gonna own my own brokerage one day and I'm ready. I'm, I'm, getting, my, I'm getting my broker's license right now. So you're like catching up. How are things going? How are you, Dave? He's like, 
you're, and you really, you, you were on a mission and you were gonna do it and I saw it in your eye. And that's why you announcing that Baltimore Sun just announced that this weekend, it's no surprise to me. I am like so proud of you. Thanks so much. It's awesome. Appreciate that, Annette. Awesome. We won't go back to the high school stories right now, but you know. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yes, I definitely, um, yeah, I mean, I got into real estate at 25. And in the state of Maryland, you have to be a you know real estate agent for at least three years before you can get what they call your broker's license, where you can start your own company. And I started the company in 2006, you know, right when I got my got in at 2003. So when you say 2005, that is a, a very accurate time frame of basically me going through the six month class to get my broker's license mm-hmm. and opening the business at you know I was 28 with only three years of experience in the real estate industry. Now, you know, 14 years later, I'm 42. Um, but yes, I'm plugging away and luckily things have been progressing well for me. 42 and how many locations and how many agents? Let's add that part in. because that's um, Yeah, so it's 10 locations. Um, you know, obviously state of Maryland, also one location in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm also licensed with not, no physical location. I'm also licensed in Delaware, Washington, D.C. and Virginia. So I've had to take all the classes and licensures and tests for all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got all, all that accomplished. And then it's, it's a little over 500 real estate agents mm-hmm. um, under my umbrella, about 20 you know, full-time staff members almost now. I also own 100% ownership of a title company I opened a couple months ago. Um, but my main focus and always will be my main focus is the, the real estate brokerage um, and the agents under that umbrella for me. Um, this is what I really, my, my bread and butter and I love. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, so your concept is so unique and I, I absolutely love it. It's smart. It's a powerful win-win for, uh, the agent and for the brokerage and for the client. So talk to me about how that concept came about. What, how did you know that something different needed to be in the market and how did you know to like follow your gut and go with it and grow it? Yeah. So this is the, uh, this is what has worked for me, I guess is basically, you know, I had a lot of people that were like, this isn't going to work. Um, this is like, um, doesn't make sense. You're putting a lot of effort towards a wasted time or whatever. And I, I, you know, I just believed in it, thought it was a good idea. I knew it wasn't going to be like an overnight success, but I was, you know, ready to sort of slowly but surely move forward. But basically, um, you know, providing like a high level of service to the agents, which, and, and, and focusing on, um, you know, experienced real estate agents, not, not new agents. Cause there's a lot of people that get in and out of my industry um, and offering them basically hundred percent of their commission for a flat fee per month of $295, which I've never changed. So they basically pay me about $300 a month and they keep hundred percent of their commission. Mm-hmm. And then they do pay like a, a fee for each house they sell. That is actually sort of part of the commission that the client pays. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it, it's not the first time someone has done this model, but um, the model everywhere else was probably five times more expensive to get that type of fee structure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Remax was one of those people that was under that model, but has since changed to like a 95% commission split and a large monthly fee. Mm-hmm. And 
they're in the franchise world, so they can't just have one thing that's unique about all my office locations. There's one key to get you into every location, one Wi-Fi password, all the copiers are the same, everything's sort of laid out the same. I pick high visible locations, high traffic locations. Um, I really put a lot of money into the build outs. Um, they're very fancy. They, they're like, called like I would sometimes say like restaurant grade, like reclaimed wood walls and, you know, glass, all glass conference rooms. And nobody was really doing their renovations to that level. And then to do it to that level and then also provide really like a hundred percent brokerage for the, the fee structure I was charging it just became like a no brainer to a lot of, you know, of the agents in the area. Um, and they also liked being surrounded by other experienced agents that had the same sort of commitment to the industry that I did and not like a revolving door type company where it's new people coming in and out. So people typically come here and they stay because they're amongst peers that they respect and then they can bounce ideas off with and share and collaborate with. Mm -hmm. So it's just been a, a kind of a shift in a few things um, that, you know, other companies just have never, never really were doing, never done that I sort of have done and I think done well. And there's still a lot of other com great companies out there that are competitors, but I've sort of made my sort of little niche and it's working well and I'm happy and my folks are happy. That's great. And, you know, you say 14 years, it's like, does it feel like it's been a, a long time or does it feel like you, you basically blinked and now, whew. <sighs> you know, it depends, depends on the day, right? <laughs> but, Fair enough. but, uh, yeah, it depends on the day, but yeah, no time, time has flown. I mean, it, you know, it went from very small. It was like sort of a slowly, but surely it took me eight years to get to a hundred people because people didn't really have like the trust sort of factor in a guy that, you know, had just only been in real estate for three years and I'd never worked for one of the national big companies. Um, so I was kind of a new guy and there wasn't that sort of level of security and trust that I wasn't just going to fold one day. Um, but you know, when I got to the eight years and I had sort of saved enough money and I got to a hundred people, I purchased one of my first office buildings, did a very you know high end, uh, renovation in a very visible location. And it was kind of like, then people sort of gained a little bit more trust and I got to 200 people and. Yeah, so it took eight years to get to 100, and then it's taken like you know another six to get to almost you know a little over 500 now. Mm. Um, so then having more people gave me more revenue to to do more offices and and do more things internally, hire more staff, mm -hmm. provide more services, more technology. So you know I've been lucky; I haven't had to really like take out loans. I don't have any partners, no investors, mm -hmm. no hedge fund money, none of that stuff. Um, so I have you know full control of everything day to day, which you know, I, I value that. Um, I've definitely gotten offers to sell and merge and joint ventures and, um, you know, not interested in any uh -huh. of that kind of stuff. Well, and it's good that you know that that's, that's an important thing for you, right? And it allows you to steer a big ship, uh, which was once a small ship, very quickly and make those decisions and be decisive and responsive for your agents, right? Yes. So I remember when you um, were doing the renovation on the building, had bought the building and um, you know, that felt, how did that feel from going from, you know, having the one location, right? Which is the one you're in now. Oh no, you're in Timonium right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Timonium. Yeah, I had Ken and Lutherville at that time, but this okay. was like, yeah, really going much larger scale at that point, you know, okay. buying a 7,000 square foot building compared to my like, you know, typical like 2,000 square foot spaces. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So how do you know what, to identify the right location when you're looking at things? Yeah. I mean, you know, they always say real estate location, location, location. I mean, I just, I just, um, recognize that, you know, the high visibility traffic wise was, it was basically the 50 yard line of a neighborhood in the city. That was a very hot neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just happened to be one of those lucky, like for sale by owners. It was a bar and they were selling it as a bar. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't care what you're doing with this liquor license, go have fun with it, sell it to somebody else. I just want the mm -hmm. building. And nobody was really looking at it at the same angle I was of like an office building and a great office space. Mm -hmm. And it had been a bar that just never really worked just because it didn't have like a parking lot. It just didn't have great parking, but it was fine for daytime office location right. and i basically tore off the face of the building and made it all glass storefront brought in a lot of natural light made it really stand out um so it, it just i could just i just knew it but at that point in time in the market eight years ago or it was um you know just that section of uh, that neighborhood nobody was doing anything commercial wise right there and then since then a bunch of other buildings and restaurants have come up they're right. like you know highly rated and yeah it's done well that's great. So of the, of the uh, multiple locations, do you have one of yours that is your favorite or do you kind of like to, to bebop around? Uh, I, I bounce around mainly between Canton and our Timonium office. You know, both mm -hmm. Timonium I purchased last year. That's, the, that's a, like a three-story building, 22,000 square feet. Uh, we did a big renovation of that. It's lots of glass and natural light. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I go around to all the different locations. I was in our Howard County location this morning. I was in Bel Air last week. Um, yeah, I, I try to like go around and see as many people as I could see during these uh, interesting times, um, just to try to stay connected to everybody. That's good. Um, That's yes. good. I, I, I value how you have always stayed really planted and present and connected with everyone in your company. It seems like you have that nice personal relationship I, I know your holiday parties are always a big hit. I know that's probably sadly something that won't be in person this year. No, I know we had a food truck. I did, I'm doing a food truck at every location. We've hit uh, well, four and we got two more coming this week. But yeah, we did a food truck. So it's like outside, you know, people are popping in, grabbing like something to eat and then, um, you know, either hanging out a little bit or heading out. But yeah, we used to, you know, I am definitely a social being. So our holiday party was, you know, full band, DJ, mm -hmm. um, you know, wide open bar, all that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I find that to be like, you know, worth every single penny spent because, you know, in my industry, like, you know, we, we kind of make, you know, I charge them a fee. They bring me in fees. They keep more of their money. So they're happy, but I'm happy because I mean, but it's so it's kind of like important mm -hmm. to me to make sure I give back and let them know that like I you know, appreciate it. I just think the holidays are just important time to, for the end of the year to kind of like celebrate the year's success. So that's something like, I feel like no matter how big I get, I'm always going to have like an over top holiday party. That's awesome. Because um, it's just, I think it's just the way it needs to be. That's great. So as you are um, growing the team and interviewing agents, is there any certain quality or qualifier that you really look for in your agents? Um, you know, I've always really looked for like social skills. So like in our industry, you know, more like, you know, one of the most important things to me is my reputation. So it's like, you know, I, I just need to have people that I feel like sort of gel mm -hmm. um, with mm -hmm. me. And I just feel like, 
in our industry where you're working with a potential buyer or a seller, and then you got the realtor on the other end of the transaction and their client, and then the lender and the title company, you really need to be a good communicator. So when I say social skills, I mean maybe communication is more of the PC word to say or whatever, but um, just being able to like, yes, like problem solve, um, you know, so I just feel like that all kind of comes along with like your communication, like social skills. Mm-hmm. So obviously integrity and all that stuff's important to me. I can kind of read people pretty, pretty quickly right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am not a, you know, everybody's welcome sort of brokerage. It is, you know, minimum two years experience. I meet with every single person that comes here. Um, you know, I do not, if I don't get a good feeling for, I check people's social media. I, I check with other agents that they may have worked at, been at the same office. It's not a good fit. I mean, I got a, I got a couple of people reached out to me now that I'm not sure that are a great fit. And, you know, I unfortunately have to delicately say, I just don't think we're going to be a great professional fit. And as uncomfortable as that is sometimes, um, it saves me from potential other headaches or other people being upset that so-and-so, you know, is sort of a bad apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a delicate balance in my industry. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, a lot of egos, everybody's got them. So it's, it's a delicate mm-hmm. balance. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really good advice is to, you know, sometimes saying, saying no up front saves you in the long run, just some things. And like you said, it's all about the reputation, the reputation of the company, the reputation of your agents, and really making sure that that is of high integrity at all times, right? Yes, definitely. So what advice would you give right now to entrepreneurs? Um, at, at the the starting ground, so I'll take you back. I'll rewind you uh, 14 years. You know, what kind of advice mm-hmm. would you give entrepreneurs that are just starting out? Um, you know, I mean, I, I definitely see in today's world. I mean, I don't know. You know, like looked on the news, it's like you know the the Tesla guy is like five billion dollars richer right. um, in the last week because of um, his stock value going up, which is awesome. There's also some other young guy that is like now the first self-made billionaire with some other technology that he came out with, like driving the cars with lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love hearing all that stuff, but you know, like that's, that's, you know, a dime, a, that's, you know, you're one in a billion sort of kind of person mm-hmm. um, that's going to have that level of success. I, you know, very happy, very, feel very lucky where I am. Um, financially at this point in my life. Um, and I think it has to do with just a lot of those, like my, my patience factor, you know? Mm-hmm. So my advice would be like, you know, come up with your idea, believe in it, believe in it until like, you know, no matter what, but don't expect it like everybody else or every success to come like overnight. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you have to work, you know, you have to work for it. It doesn't just automatically just business pour in and you don't have to figure it out. I mean, I work you know, I've worked harder every year than I have the year before. Like, you know, so if you're going to really build a big business, expect to keep working hard. I mean, I've definitely learned to set better boundaries over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my mind's sort of always churning and I'm always sort of in work mode in some, in some way, shape or form almost all the time because um, of the amount of new responsibility that comes as you grow. So right. I remember one agent said, you know, Hey, if you want to have 200 agents, you know, you got to be ready to sign up for what that means or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of your personal life and your free time and everything else. So mm-hmm. I had, I had to shift my mindset like, you know, this is going to be a grind, but this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, so having, having patience and really understanding like, you know, the value, a lot of this, I always started to joke now. It's like, my kids are going to have it pretty well, hopefully. If, if this business can continue to maintain the rest of my career and after I'm gone, 
they'll have a lot of the things I put in place, you know, squared away, but I'm going to be grinding my whole life. But I love what I do. So it's really doesn't always seem like work to me. It's, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, it's enjoyable, you know, not every aspect is, but um, yeah. So I just think have patience and just stick with it. Absolutely. And you've always had that hustle, the patience, the laser focus, and uh, you, you've really kept driving the ball through the years, which has been great. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, another big thing is, is I, I have not gotten distracted by, you know, outside potential businesses, you know, people invest in this restaurant with me and do this and do that. Um, you know, that can just be a big sidetrack, you know, uh, you do, you, you know, I don't even put really money in the stock market, you know, um, because I need to have enough cash on hand to open another office and do right. other stuff. So I just like, I am all in financially on the brokerage. I mean, I've set some things by having a business that has physical locations. I have now I own three of the locations. Right. So that's, you know, now instead of paying rent, I'm paying mortgages down. So they will be, you know, assets of mine in the future. There's, you know, a little bit of property management that comes along with that, but that's all for the bad, better of the of the brokerage. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine with putting cash into owning locations, so then I don't have to worry about, you know, landlords and lease renewals and all that stuff. But I'm not putting cash into restaurants and stock market and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really staying focused in my sort of world. Yeah, that's and you've stayed the course, and it's you know it's that at that accumulation of wealth and really making your your business and your assets work for you in a smarter way which is great so yes. to to the to the seasoned entrepreneur out there you know the 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 entrepreneur that's been in business over 10 years now and a lot of people who've really had to quote unquote pivot in their business this year or change things up or feel like you know the 10-year startup right what advice do you do you kind of give to them as far as keeping their momentum and, and finding the spark to keep going? Um, you know, I typically look at my, you know, my industry, I don't know if it's other industries. My industry is so transparent with the way our multiple list works on who's selling, you know, X, mm -hmm. you know, if I ever um, start to need a little kick in the ass, excuse my language. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You know, I, I look at, I, I'll look at what my competitors are doing. I'll log uh -huh. one of their websites. I'll log on to websites in other parts of the country um, out in California and see some of the, you know, amazing things that, you know, owners and leaderships are doing out there um, and kind of say, you know, like that just sort of regenerates me. I'm like, you know what, they're, they're keeping my pencil sharp kind of thing. Cause I'm like, look what they're doing. I need to like step up my game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I kind of live in this world where it's like, I, you know, tomorrow's a new day. And like mm -hmm. what I have today may not be here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's not like I, you know, set accounts with people for five or 10 years and there's just residuals coming in. It's like, right. I'm sort of always starting over. So it's kind of like, I, I can't take my off the ball because, you know, a, 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 a competitor with hedge fund money will come along and woo all my people away type thing. So it's like, mm -hmm. I have to continue to sort of evolve, grow and improve um, to maintain where I am today kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I just think, you know, kind of keep that in the back of your head and hopefully that'll help, you know, others push forward as well. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's really great insight. So COVID people are home. People are wanting to be in different homes, invest in their homes and, you know, live in their space more. How does this year, 2020 look different than 2019 from the real estate aspect? Like, 
walk us through what what is going on in the real estate world. Yeah, I mean, when COVID hit, it was, um, you know, a, a shock for all of us, obviously. Um, I mean, the real estate world, the first um, couple months, it definitely slowed down. It was kind of a, hard to tell what people were going to do. Everybody's trying to figure out, like, you know, how things were going to spread and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, the interest rates really were awesome. And a lot of people finished out their transactions. Mm-hmm. And people started new ones slowly but surely. And then as we got into like May and June, it just like took off. I mean, the interest mm-hmm. rates were just amazing. It just made so much sense mm-hmm. for so many folks to consider a move. And I think a lot of it, a little bit of it probably had to do with just like, I have nothing else to do. So I'm focusing on what some goals. And one of their goals was to improve their house. And then they proved it. And maybe we're like, you know, we can get a really good price. And we want to get over to the school district or whatever. So like, we don't have this anything else going on. We don't have social stuff going on. Let's focus on getting what, you know, our goal was of maybe buying a house this year or next year mm-hmm. squared away now. And so people have um, done so my agents, you know, have done so in a safe manner. We haven't had any COVID case, like we haven't had been like a link of any like spread that I'm aware of, obviously, obviously a few folks have had it. They've let me know quarantine, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we haven't had like a, a, a spread Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's kind of as an independent contractor. We have office locations, but a lot of folks work from home. People mm-hmm. that are worried about spreading it just, you know, have, you know, work from home even more so. so yeah, I mean, the offices definitely aren't the, what they used to be, mm-hmm. um, but we're still, you know, conducting business, you know, in person, you know, distance, masked up and all that stuff. Right. And it's in a, in a safe manner. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So, so what are some of your, your personal outlets? You know, when uh, I, I can really relate to what you said when it's like as an entrepreneur, you really never turn it off. You're always thinking about your business and, and it's always kind of on your mind, whether you're, you know, in the shower or brushing your teeth or before you go to bed or whatever. How do you, how do you turn it off and, and how do you have any, you know, good outlets that kind of. <laughs> my one outlet my, my, my uh, I mean, exercise is truly important. Um, are you a morning really, guy or an evening guy? I'm, I'm, I go back and forth. I was morning over yeah. this weekend and okay. I'm going this evening. Um, so that definitely helps yeah. M- music, right. big into music videos, YouTube mm-hmm. videos while I'm working out. So that just mm-hmm. keeps me from wandering too much. I do have my pilot's license. I have an airplane that's like a little Cessna. So that is definitely one place where I can like turn it off. Oh, that's great. Um, because you really have to be 100% dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're up in the air, you're not looking at your phone and texting or worrying about work. You're just really navigating and trying to make sure your airspeed and all these other stuff that's going on mm-hmm. um, is in place. So that's that's definitely a huge outlet for me. And like that's just definitely a happy place. Happy happy place. My man Jerry Garcia, his his happy place was snorkeling. Yeah. So he was yes. he, he was, was always yeah. Sorry, that's what yeah. I meant to say. Scuba okay. diving. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I kind of like took that from him. Not that I'm not into scuba diving, but right. yeah, I mean, people just wherever he went, he was you know obviously major big time celebrity, and right. he like loved like all of his bandmates just said how much he loved scuba diving because nobody could bother him, and right. it was just like a total escape. So it's like yeah, I think it's definitely important for everybody to find that place where it's definitely like you can totally tune out whatever that may be for you. Well, um, I didn't realize until the documentary how much of an introvert he really was. Yeah. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of people that are in the, in the big light, you know, or, yeah. um, you know, 
Can't imagine. I don't I like know. that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And Hard enough for you to get me to do this. I know, I'm so proud of you for being here. I, mean, I, I asked you, I was like, I don't know, I don't want to put him on the spot. And, and you definitely thought about it. And then you came back and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I'm really, I'm really proud of you. That's all. Thanks. Um, you know, one thing I've never asked you is how you got into um, flying airplanes and, and being a pilot. I tried to jump off this big dirt mountain. I was like five years old trying to fly and I broke my arm. So my mom will always say like, you were trying to fly it since you were a little kid. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just like love the adventure and like the, the freedom of trying to get to the challenge of getting to places. You know, mm -hmm. I flew to St. Michael's and went to stay at a hotel a couple weekends ago. Right. And, you know, I have friends at the beach. And so I just like love like the utility that they, as they say, of like an airplane of being able to like, you know, get different places, um, you know, without the conventional sort of traffic and all that stuff. It's just mm -hmm. the challenge of the challenge of putting it all together. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how you feel when you're in the air and that just, just being in the clouds and like controlling you know, the whole, the whole, that's, that's pretty cool. Yes, I've never been in a plane that small, I don't think. It's like yeah. a chicken, right? It's four, it's four, yeah, okay. it's four. But I mean, most of the time I'm in it by myself or one other person, you know? Pretty cool. Um, yeah. So are Definitely you- Definitely had some experiences. <laughs> Again, another podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, are you, a, um, do you read a lot of business books? A few, a few. Yeah. I just got a book called Mindset that came highly recommended to me, but I, I can't tell you much about it because I haven't opened the cover yet. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I did, I like the, um, the subtle art of not giving a F. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a rough word, so I'm not going to say it out loud. But, okay. um, yeah, I actually write on my little pad of paper I have right here, the three letters DBP, which stand for don't be perfect. Okay. And I pulled that out of that book which the, the meaning of that was kind of like, you're not going to make everybody happy all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, I do like try to make everything perfect, have all my emails answered by the end of the day and everything perfect, everybody happy. And that book kind of said like, you know, like it's not realistic to make everybody happy every second they want something like, mm -hmm. so just chill and like, you know, obviously do your job and be a hard worker, but like you don't have to be perfect every single second of every day. Mm -hmm. um, so that book, you know, like the one, the one minute manager, like, you know, yeah, that definitely helped me. Yeah, I think like a lot of those like best-selling New York Times best-selling business books really do help you kind of refocus. You can like, you know, sometimes I'll read that that book a second time, you know, mm -hmm. cruise through it. You pull out little other little things. But um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, if I'm going to read, it's typically um, a business book. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. I, try, I try, unless I, unless I get like a really good juicy book that I'm just like, can't put down. <laughs> oh, that's, that's female nature. No offense. Oh, I, I don't get into the juicy books. I know. <laughs> so, so I know that you and I have talked in the past a lot about delegating. And I think that that kind of goes to the quote, you know, don't, don't be perfect. You know, when you are a doer, in your business and and highly hands-on and it's your you know your baby that you grow from the ground up how do you how have you worked through letting go of things and knowing when to delegate and how to delegate to get to 14 locations and 500 people yeah i mean that that was definitely a, a big sort of pivotal moment that you and i worked through years ago that you kind of helped me with with 
you know, hiring my first full-time like administrative person for my brokerage. I mean, literally I started off writing the 1099s, cleaning the bathrooms, like going to the bank, paying the commissions, everything. Um, had a little bit of administrative help and then kind of took the step to hire that person full-time, you know, and then from there got a few more, had more time to recruit more realtors. Um, and then was able to hire the next person to the next person. Um, and you know, now every day, like I write a list of, you know, all the different things that are happening, going on, need to get accomplished. I have like a, you know, I still do a handwritten list for like the most immediate stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have like a shared list on that app Trello mm-hmm. with sort of my right hand person. And we have like, you know, 30 days, you know, currently in motion, you know, we have a couple different categories um, mm-hmm. that we move, move stuff sort of through and I can sort of check with her and add things to that. Um, but I'm always looking at like the list, like mine, you know, it's like, what, what can I ask one of the staff members to do for me, you know, to work on for me so that I just like remove as much stuff from my list so that I can then open up more space in my head to say, you know, let me check on this agency, how they're doing or something mm-hmm. along that nature. Um, and not get so bogged down just in like, you know, all the emails and all the other things that people want me to solve for them. It's like, how can I maybe one of my staff members solve this for them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without me having to spend, you know, time writing this long email mm-hmm. or calling them. I do try to maintain the relationship with right. my folks though, but there's a certain sort of various tasks that don't need my involvement that I can sort of, you know, delegate. Right. Um, so now I've learned basically to look at the list every day. It's like, what do I actually have to do and what can I delegate? Right. Yeah. And it's a constant reminder. I mean, I feel the struggle, struggle daily as well. You know, it's like, you know, whose job am I doing now? And, you know, leadership is, is working through others and, and getting things done through others because we can't do it. Right. But it, it, yeah. it, I feel like I have to always yeah. kind of be really aware of that. Is that how yeah. you feel? Yeah. I mean, there's just certain things. It's like, you know, you like, you know, you could probably solve it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but there's the other side. It's like, but if I start down this path, I'm going to get sucked in and I'm going to be just responding back and forth w- with phone calls or emails or whatever. So it's like, right. let me just remove myself from this right from the start. Mm-hmm. And if I need to get brought back in, I'll bring myself back in. But right. yeah, really trying to like say, man, I, I know I could answer this email, but this is really more, you know, somebody else's sort of genre. So I'm just going to like forward to them right. you know, or politely say, Hey, this is Shannon's. This is Aaron's. This is Paul's area. Mm-hmm. I put them on this email. I'm going to let them respond. I have to head to an appointment and I may mm-hmm. not even have an appointment, but I just need to like let that right. employee, right. you know, it's answer that, that question. Cause it's in their field. If I don't, if I answer it once in their world, that person's going to come back to me always. Mm-hmm. So Right. Um, it is. But it, it's like that, that coaching of like, okay, let's go this way. Let's do this. And, and yes. it's a constant reminder. So, so I've been talking to a lot of entrepreneurs lately about growth and business planning and planning. And in fact, um, a woman that I just interviewed prior to this for the podcast, um, she's out of New York. She's a fashion company out of New York. Um, and she, she was saying how, you know, I, I used to do three-year plans and now the three-year plans aren't existing in my industry because everything's changing so quickly. How are you looking at things? Are you setting big long-term goals? Are you setting more of short-term goals? 
we're probably like three. Your business is a little different, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm like a probably like a three. I'm like a three month sort of cycle. Mm -hmm. Like any goal that we put on like the board to like, all right, we want to knock this out. We want to create this program. It's usually like in with like. I mean, I don't expect things to happen like overnight. Um, but everything that I want to do, like, I kind of want to be like, all right, we're starting this, we're coming up with this, we're getting a bid for this. And I want it like squared away in like three months. Mm -hmm. I want it like live, ready to go. Um, you know, now like I'm looking at future office locations and that's just kind of like what comes on the market and mm -hmm. could, you know, I've been looking in Anne Arundel County, which okay. is Annapolis area, Maryland state capital or whatever. And, you know, I put in like three different offers on buildings to purchase and nothing's worked out so far. So, you know, that's kind of like hopefully 2021 that will occur and a build out will occur. Mm -hmm. But most of our sort of planning for, um, you know, we have some like set different things we do, you know, awards ceremony, things like that. You know, we know like certain things are going to happen every year that we have to like start planning for at a certain time. Right. But then I just come up with other ideas and thing programs I want to, build internally that go on to like the back end of our website for the agents to use. Mm -hmm. um, right. You know, I want all that stuff like three months. Kind that's of a good time months. frame, the 90 day mark. And I, I love that you mentioned Trello. I think that that's just a great tool to, to work, use internally to keep tasks moving along in the company. Yes. And for you to make sure that, you know, it's like, okay, done, that's done, that's moving without us being like micromanagers, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, I definitely do not like to micromanage and I don't have time to micromanage and my staff doesn't want it in there, but I think they don't, they don't need it. You know, they're like they are self-motivated, their compensation plans motivate them. Um, you know, they, they are just great hard workers. So it's like, I put something on there and it's like, I don't really have to check back. It's just, they give me an update. Yeah. Um, they know like the, ex they kind of know my expectations. I may check in every so often, like how things are going with that. Oh, like waiting on this, waiting on that, like should have a proof for you by Friday. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you get this question a lot about um, franchising. And I don't know if it's something you feel comfortable talking about or not, you know, and growth, like, you know, national expansion. Where are your thoughts on that? Um, a plan yeah, my, my industry, you know, you, there's, I, I think it would dilute like the brand if I were to do something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, like I'd rather be smaller and have a really good reputation mm -hmm. um, than franchise, dilute the brand, bring on a lot of um, franchise owners that don't really have the same value system mm -hmm. that I have potentially the same work ethic I have. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm seeing some others with this sort of model that I have starting to do that across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, they, you know, have venture capital money. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd look at how the agents react to that and they mm -hmm. don't react to it well, to be honest with you. So in my mm -hmm. industry, I don't see if I were to go into another state or whatever, any of those folks having trust in myself and the brand, just like when I see these other companies coming across, nobody really knows. So it's, it's a little bit more of an intimate relationship. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely want to continue to grow the business and my market share and my aging count, but I don't want to do that in a fashion that I think will hurt what I've built. Mm -hmm. So it's not for me in my industry personal per se. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely works in a lot of other potential industries. It's just, mm -hmm. um, you know, I built mine sort of around, um, you know, myself and, and, and 
um, certain certain things that I just don't think will work in like a large, crazy, like I, I'm at 500. I think we could totally go to a thousand realtors here, Absolutely. you know, in time and still have the same culture and vibe mm-hmm. and level of service and quality. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like, you know, I don't want to go from 500 to 5,000 because mm-hmm. I just, I just, maybe I'm making more money, but I'm actually, I don't think I'd actually be happier. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's so much value in everything that you just said. And your company, you know, it is the intimate culture. It is that, that home base, you know, culture and everything that you've, you've maintained through the years, through the addition of the agents, you know, it feels the same from day one to today, day, you know, whatever, 14 times 365 is, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. There's people, there's people that liked it when there was 50 people and they're like, this is great, 50 people. And but those 50 people are mo- pretty much still here at 500 and they don't feel mm-hmm. like they, they still feel like they have access to me and, sure. and um, you know, see me and they still feel like, you know, things are the same and, and if not better though, you know? Right. Right. More, more resources. Um, yes. you know, I love how you have that autonomous entrepreneurial spirit within each of your agents that they really feel like they're in total control of their business and, and, and how they grow their business, whether it be where they put the brand placement of their own personal brand, mm-hmm. uh, for brand, you know, you've never really been so corporate in with that, which is really, yeah, I think a big value add for the agents. Um, okay. So how can we help you? This is all really, 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 really awesome stuff. I love it all. And I just, it's, it's so cool to hear your story and just, I mean, how much you've grown, Dave. You have to be so proud of yourself. Thanks. Appreciate that. So, so how, can, how can we help you? Any big asks to the universe? No, no. Just send positive vibes. I don't know. That's good. No. All right. Yeah, send good vibes, right? So, so before, before we head off, um, one last question. Is there any um, personal mantra or saying or go-to phrase that you kind of repeat in your head to get you through hard times, to get you through, you know, when you're stuck in your own head or whatever, other than your, your little acronym that you have there, right? Your, yeah, my don't be perfect. Yeah. Um, other big mantras. I mean, I, or I Jerry def- Garcia song. <laughs> I mean, I definitely just kind of um, say to myself, like, you know, I got, I got to think like bigger, definitely mm-hmm. always, you know what I mean? I got to yeah. think way, way bigger than whatever I'm thinking. Yes. Um, That's good. You know, I, I look at other young entrepreneurs. I mean, being in Baltimore, I mean, Kevin Plank is just always going to be like a standout to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only a couple years older than me, a few years on 42, maybe he's 46 or seven. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a billionaire for quite a long time. So I'm just always like, you know, if Kevin Plank can figure it out, like, why can't I, you know, if, if you know, if he can do it, I shouldn't be afraid to do it, you know? So sometimes I'm like, man, should I scale back? Should I like slow down? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to like um, over, you know, extend myself, which I am very careful with all that stuff. I, you know, big on having extra savings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like when COVID hit, I, you know, I was like, I'm not worried. I'm, you know, I can sustain, you know, a very bad market and not have to worry about closing offices or laying people off. Right. I am just very cautious. But, you know, as I grow and I have more and more savings, yeah, I just think, you know, my big mantra is kind of like, think bigger. If you really want to go big, you got to think bigger. There's a certain level of like, you know, my quality control that's in there, but um, you know, you can't be afraid if you really want to, if you want to really want to go big, you can't be scared. 
you know, you gotta mm. be willing to take some serious risk. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so, but, you know, calculated risks. So mm -hmm. every time I take a risk, I don't really, after I've analyzed it and decided, like, I don't really feel like it's a risk. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I just know it's going to be a lot of work to make it work, right. but I'll just right. keep working, you know, until it's, until it's done, until it's where it needs to be. That's right. That's so awesome. Dave, thank you so much for being here no today. Problem. I'm so glad we got the chance to connect up. I'm so glad you said yes. You did awesome. See? Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Feeling good. Uh, and I'll talk Huge to you. Huge relief. Now I can go get some normal sleep again. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That was awesome. I'm so happy you were here. I'll talk to you soon, Dave. All right. Bye, Annette. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All the best. Bye. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.